0: Hi, this is Stan Bush.
1: Hi, this is Stephanie Calvert.
0: This is John Payne. This is Jack Hughes.
1: Hey everyone, this is Britt Lightning from Vixen. Hi, I'm Jerry Stevens. Hello, I'm Kofi Baker. And you're listening to Play That Rock and Roll with Joe Payne.
2: this is not a test this is play that rock and roll i'm your host joe kay and today our guest is brit lightning from vixen vixen is one of the great hair metal bands of the late 80s and early 90s Uh, they scored big hits back then with songs like love made me and how much love and of course their their most famous one edge of a broken heart I have been a fan of theirs for a long time, and I finally got to see them for the first time this past summer at Summerfest, and they were fantastic. Uh, I wanted to have Brit on the show today because Vixen recently released a new single. The song is called Red, and it's got a new music video, too. It looks great. Now, this song is the first new material from Vixen in quite a long time, and it is supposed to be part of a new album from Vixen, which hopefully we'll see a release date sometime in 2024. That would be the first new Vixen album in like almost 20 years. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk to Brit about what Vixen has coming up and also about her time in the band. Britt joined Vixen back in 2017, and although that might not sound like a very long time ago, uh, she has taken a very prevalent role in the band. Uh, to me, she's the MVP of the group. Her guitar solos are absolutely awesome. She has a ton of energy on stage. Um, but that's not to say she outshines the rest of the band. Vixen is a really good live act. Like I said, I saw them this summer, and it was one of the best shows I saw all year. So... Um, I was really happy to see that they had a new single out um, just a couple weeks ago, because now that I know that they're a fantastic live band, I'm really interested in seeing what this new lineup uh, can put together on a record. There's a lot of creative energy in this band, and I guess they've been working on trying to put together an album for some time now. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the pandemic threw a wrench uh, into the works for that as it threw a wrench into the works for just about everything. Um, but there's reason to be hopeful that even more new music from Vixen will be on its way soon. So in this conversation, Britt told me about uh, the music that really inspired her uh, growing up, uh, how she got into the music industry, how she got the Vixen gig, and what it's been like playing with this current lineup of the band, and also about some of the new music that they're hoping to release uh, in 2024. So you can find Brit Lightning on Facebook and Instagram. You can find Vixen, uh, the band, on pretty much all social media platforms. And you should definitely check out their new single. It's called Red. There's a new music video for it. It looks fantastic. And when they announce some dates for 2024. If they come to your town, this is a band you do not wanna miss. An absolutely great live show, one of my favorites I saw this year. Uh, And if you like that era of late 80s, early 90s hair metal, uh, there's very few bands from that era that are still performing at the same level that Vixen is now. So I think you definitely wanna go check them out if they come to town. So uh, with that, I just wanna say uh, thank you to Britt for coming on the show. It was awesome talking to her. I hope she'll come back, uh, especially if there's new uh, Vixen music to talk about uh, later down the line. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the lead guitarist of Vixen, Britt Lightning. Britt, thank you for coming by. Uh I saw Vixen play this year. I saw you all at Summerfest in Milwaukee. Show was outstanding. You played with uh alongside Steven Adler played that day. I think Queensreich was that night. In my opinion, you stole the show for sure. Uh do you, do you remember playing that gig, or is this summer all kind of a
1: <laughs> No, no, I didn't get that drunk this summer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do remember that gig because I love Summerfest. We've done it quite a few times. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's always a great festival, great lineup, and it's it's a diverse festival. They've got all sorts of music there and all different stages, so we, we love it there.
2: Absolutely. Yes, that is a, a big – that's the pride of Milwaukee as far as I'm concerned as a music fan. Uh, one of the things I noticed about that show is that – Besides all the great Vixen music, I I couldn't help but notice uh, there was some Van Halen music mixed in there. Uh, Your cover of uh, Ain't Talking About Love was awesome, and I noticed the little guitar cues here and there, which I I thought was fantastic. Is that all by design as like a a tribute and celebration of Eddie, or is that more just, it's too much fun not to play?
1: (laughs) A little bit of both. Well, Eddie's my favorite. He's the reason I picked up guitar to begin with. Um, So always love to do a little nod to him. Uh, and, you know, we do like to sometimes throw a cover into the set, you know, towards the end of it, if we have time. So, um, you know, every, Van Halen's one thing everybody can agree on in the band, you know? So, you know, Roxy likes a lot of heavy stuff, you know, Lorraine likes this, this, but everybody likes Van Halen you know, and never trust anybody that doesn't. That's all I know.
2: Strong (laughs) agree. Okay. Obligatory. I'll bring up the one controversial part of Van Halen. Obligatory, stupid, uh, Sammy versus Dave.
1: Oh man, well I love them both, um, but but you know Dave.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the right answer. Although <laughs> you know, no shade to Sammy, right?
1: No, no, totally different band with Sammy.
2: Yeah, well, let's talk about Eddie for just a little bit. I mean, you said he's your favorite. He's obviously a huge inspiration, and you know, he, he is 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 uh, legacy is very is shown through your playing. Uh, what, uh, what about him makes him so special to you? What was it about his playing that made you want to learn how to play guitar and and get into the music scene?
1: Well, when I first heard Eruption, um... In a store when I was shopping with my mom, I didn't even know it was a guitar. It just blew my mind. I didn't really listen to a lot of rock and roll. I didn't have any, you know, older siblings that introduced me to rock and roll. My parents weren't super into music. So I listened to like 90s hip hop and stuff like that. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't into the grunge rock that was popular when I was growing up in the 90s, like Nirvana and stuff. It just didn't do it for me. So um, I wasn't inspired to play guitar until I heard that, until I heard Eruption, and uh, I asked somebody in the store what it was that I was hearing because I didn't even, you know, my mom didn't know, and they said, oh, that's uh, that's Van Halen, and so that day after we uh, finished running errands, I said, mom, you owe it to me to to bring me to the Newberry Comics, the record store down the street, um, and so I bought uh, Van Halen one in 1984, and that's when I just decided, oh, I've got to play guitar, you know, that that was it, so yeah, big, big inspiration.
2: Oh, for sure. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I, you would you wouldn't know by looking at us, but you and I are about the same age. And I, I wonder if you had a similar experience to me growing up with, uh, the the music that that I love. I think is what you love too. Is that classic rock era, uh, which Van Halen is such a big part of. Did that kind of put you out of step with like I don't know your classmates or your friends, you know, or were you also very much into the the contemporary music that was around when we were younger?
1: No, I wasn't into contemporary music except for uh, Metallica, you know, that was big at okay. the time. So I really got into playing Metallica. That's what me and my friends all kind of bonded over. Um, but, but I was really the, the hair band lover um, and our group of friends, they, you know, have having the Motley Crue shirts and all that. So um, yeah, but, but, you know, all hard rock, you know, all great solos. That's what inspired me to play, you know, Dimebag, um, Kirk Hammett, all those guys, you know, uh, Marty Friedman, Dave Mustaine, all, all that stuff uh, inspired me as well.
2: Oh, OK. So a lot of the metal guys. I mean, were were there guitarists from like different eras that, uh, you know, maybe didn't inspire you back then, but as you got older and developed your craft, you know, that you found inspiration from?
1: Definitely. Later on, I really appreciated Jimi Hendrix, who's, you know, the best. Oh, happy
2: uh, birthday to him today.
1: Oh, yeah, good point. Okay. All right. Happy birthday, Jimmy. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but you know, David Gilmore, Santana, uh, Jimmy Page, you know, uh Slash. I uh, slash I didn't appreciate till later either. Um, For some reason, even though I loved Guns N' Roses, I didn't really care to learn any of his. I mean, of course, I learned Sweet Child of Mine intro right off the bat. But but other than that, I didn't really care about learning any of his solos, per se. But the thing that really drew me into Eddie was his swing. I was just actually talking about this to somebody else. And I feel like Warren Demartini has it, too. Another one of my favorites. Um, They just have this this kind of this swing. It's not always on the one. And it's they're kind of they've got this groove that is just so cool and so smooth.
2: Absolutely. Uh, When you had that initial inspiration, um, when you were still a kid, like what, and and you decided you wanted to get into basically the music industry, like how did you set about uh, accomplishing those goals? Like what were what were the your first steps into the music industry?
1: I just decided I had to be in a band and be a rock star. I just decided at 15, like, this is what I want to do. Um, So I started jamming with, um, you know, kids in my school and stuff. And I started a uh, coffee house. So every uh, once a month uh, we would open up the school cafeteria at like 7 p.m. and have a little jam. So we started doing that um and i so i had my high school band um and we would rehearse in my parents living room um they were pretty cool about it i gotta say very lucky there they were always supportive i think they were just happy i wasn't doing drugs or stealing things and you know i was home in their house making a lot of noise but you know it could be worse And, (laughs) (laughs) and uh and yeah and then uh i i actually got my first uh touring i guess you could say touring gig i was um you know i had gotten to the point where i decided that i needed a half stack for my bedroom that the practice amp just wasn't enough i needed a full half stack you know um to rock out in front of my mirror and uh so i was testing out heads at one of the local music stores and the store manager heard me uh and i was just playing metallica because that's kind of played metallica and van halen all day every day and um And he was like, Hey, my band kind of sounds like Metallica. And we just lost our guitar player and we're going on tour next week. We have a two week tour, uh, DIY van style. Uh, do you want to be in the band? And I was just like, yep. Like I didn't ask any questions. Didn't matter. I was just like, yep, I want to go on tour. So, um, went home and told my parents that I was going on tour and they were like, you can't you're in high school. Like, what do you, you can't just go on tour. And I was like, no, no, I'm still, I'm going to get my homework in advance. I'm going to do all the homework. not going to miss a thing. And, uh, somehow they let me go you know they 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 met these guys they were all uh in their you know mid-20s and uh, they they were like so what goes on on this tour what are you doing where are you going um uh, but then uh we, we went as far as baltimore you know i was based out in massachusetts by boston oh, okay. went as far as baltimore and um it was on that tour that i was just like I need to do this for sure. Like it just validated everything I already knew that I would love about rock and roll. Uh, Just the being able to play music out to strangers. And that, that really made me think it was possible too because of course your friends and your family are gonna say, oh, you're great. You know, but you don't really know in the real world, World, am I great? So playing in front of strangers um, that didn't owe me anything, you know, saying that that it was good. I was like, OK, maybe I can do this. And uh, that combined with that sense of freedom and being on the road and, and adventure and um, traveling to different places, meeting new people. I was just like, this is definitely the path I want for my life.
2: Wow. Okay. So, like that—that uh, that road lifestyle appealed to you at a pretty young age. I mean, you know, these years later, is that still the truth for you now, or is it—is it more of a challenge?
1: It's still the truth. I love being on the go. I love traveling. I mean, we this past summer we were out almost the entire summer straight. And, um, you know, at times I said, oh, I can't wait to get back home and just chill and have a chill night. But as soon as I get back home, I'm looking up road trips and booking a trip cause I can't sit still. So, um, I, yeah, I like to be on the road. I like to be on the go. And, uh, and you know, yeah, aside from, from playing music, I really just love meeting new people and, and bonding over the, you know, mutual love of music. It's, it's awesome
2: absolutely yeah yeah i can tell there's there's an enthusiasm that uh, you know i i I saw with your band that you don't necessarily see with other live shows like sometimes you can tell when 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 artists don't really enjoy and it's kind of a slog but uh, not not with vixen there was a lot of great energy in that show (laughs) so uh pivoting to vixen you joined them in 2017 how did that gig come together
1: So I had moved to LA recently from Boston after a tour um, finish that I was on and I had come home to Boston in the middle of a snowstorm and I was like, I'm over this, I'm over this weather, I don't know why I'm here, it's time to go to LA. So I moved out to LA um, and I just started doing the jams around town there and uh, and joined a Guns N' Roses tribute band and uh, just started playing around and uh Vixen's manager saw me uh but they were also you know had been asking around kind of on the down low and um I had been referred a couple times by different people so I think they kept hearing my name pop up again and again and um then they invited me down uh to Florida for an audition and the rest is history
2: yeah absolutely now now you're uh you're you're one of the veterans <laughs> I am now
1: I'm, I'm yeah second longest member yeah
2: Oh, yeah. oh, that's terrific. So Vixen, you know, Vixen has that great discography in the late 80s and early 90s. Were, were they one of those bands that, you know, as a kid that you got into? Or was that something you discovered later as, as you got into the industry?
1: I was into them because, um, like I said, I was really inspired by the 80s hair bands and stuff uh, in high school when I started playing guitar. And I really was looking for a female role model. And um, I loved Lita. Oh yeah. And that was cool. And then, um, I, this was, I wasn't really into the runaways at the time. That was kind of more seventies. Joan Jet was a little too punky for me. I didn't really like that. So it was really Lita and then Vixen. And I had grown up watching Gem and the Holograms. And when I discovered Vixen, I was like, Oh my God, like Gem and the Holograms are real. Like they were really, I thought they were like the same thing. It really personified them well. And, um, and, you know, I always, uh, just enjoyed playing with, um, female musician so my sister my younger sister played drums so i always jammed with her i had a great friend uh in high school my best friend she played bass um so i really just always wanted to have a female band and i just liked the idea you know i always read these books about you know molly crew and Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses, these, these guy gangs. And I just wanted a girl gang, you know, um, like the pink ladies, but uh, rock and roll, like real rock and roll. And uh, so the first band that I started uh, was called Jaded, and that was an all-female rock band. It, throughout the years, I've played in a lot of female-based uh, projects, and um, which kind of was foreshadowing, and, and now Vixen, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Band.
2: Well, you know, I you bring that up, and I, it makes me wonder, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with uh, – Uh, female artists and authors on this show over the years and unfortunately when you're looking back on the classic rock era one consistent uh challenge that they all uh, faced was sexism from the industry and vixen obviously in the heyday was no stranger to that since you've joined or since you've gotten into the music industry i'm sure there's still some of that you know around unfortunately but you know how would you say you know you've navigated those challenges and is is sexism institutionally still a big problem for the music industry or have you seen progress in the time you've been working there?
1: I mean, I've definitely seen more women in bands now, more girls playing guitar, especially since COVID. A lot of people picked it up in social media, you know, because you have the exposure to see other women can do it. And that gives hope to, you know, young girls doing it. They didn't know girls could play guitar, you know, until they see certain reels and things like that online. So I think it's still there and it's still a lot of guys still, for some reason, think girls don't know what they're doing. And I don't know what that's all about, but, uh, but it doesn't bother me. You know, if a guy says, Oh, wow, look at all those pedals. Do you even know how to set them up? Or can you carry, can you even carry those? No, I can't go, go for it. Yeah. Set it up for me. Sure. Like I, I will use that to my advantage all day long. Sure. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can pick up that amp. Sure. No problem. Um, but, uh, but I, I, you know, if anything, it kind of makes it fun because then you can just uh, prove them wrong. And that's always a fun challenge. <laughs>
2: absolutely. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think you do. Um, so, OK, going back to, to Vixen here. So when, uh, you know, they were a favorite band of yours when you were a kid, you know, now that you're in the band, were, were the songs that you loved as a kid the ones you most love playing today? Or, uh, you know, what, what are some of the songs that you really enjoy playing on stage today?
1: Yeah, I love how much love because that's just a fun riff to play. And then we kind of do a little jam in the middle and we extend the outro. So it's kind of like a free form at the end. And and so I enjoy that. Um of course I had learned Edge of a Broken Heart back in the day and and that one never gets old because that's just so fun and everybody sings along. Um I love playing crying. Um that's always a one that's always stuck in my head. Um and uh rev it up is always a great we we usually open with that and i like that and we do a little improv sections in that rock me is a cool song um we we do a breakdown in that as well and we add in a bunch of covers uh, lately um in that so we we've been we've been doing getting to the solo section and we do a breakdown crowd interaction and we've gone into some rush and van halen and uh, sabbath and white snake so that's always wow, kind of you
2: guys of- you guys play rush oh part of like in the solos
1: a little bit. We we do a little bit of um. Oh my god, wait! You might have to edit this out. Is a song called "What What You're Doing"? Is that the song? What? Yeah, what you're doing? Okay, I'm right. Right? Yeah, you what were right. Doing? Yeah. Yeah, we do a little bit of War Pigs. We do a little bit of Still of the Night. A little bit of um. Uh, what else? What else do we do? Running with the devil. Oh so yeah, that...
2: I remember hearing Still of the Night at the the Summerfest show, and that was very cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and and I, I'm not afraid to say it. I saw Summer. Uh, I saw White Snake at Summerfest uh, a couple years before, and <laughs> you guys were way better. So,
1: <laughs> all right, I'll take it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> what songs? Um, what songs that you you typically play? Uh, would you say are the most challenging, mm-hmm. or or are they all you know back of your hand at this point?
1: Sometimes, uh, you know, no, they're all fun. Sometimes when um so we we i just want to say we don't play to any clicks backing track nothing so everything is just live um all our backing vocals and stuff sometimes uh sometimes we get a little amped up and we play everything a little bit fast and um, sometimes cruising can be real fast and it's like oh man um (laughs) so sometimes that happens oh we just added that song hellraisers into the mix too and i really like that one um we just started playing that this summer and that's got a really cool groove it's it's kind of heavy um so i really like that one too um but i'm
2: guessing some of the songs from the new record might pose a little bit of a challenge because maybe those aren't as as road tested i'm going to ask you about that in a second Mm -hmm. um how do you guys build a set list
1: um you know we kind of have one that we always start with and then we we think like well how can we make this a little more fun or let's just change things around so we kind of start with the basic basic one that that's like the steady you know one we always go to and then and then just make a little tweaks here and there okay okay
2: since you've been with vixen specifically or <laughs> if there's one that stands out previous to your time in vixen what would you say of all the gigs you've played are there any that are truly over the top as far as great memories for you or most meaningful. What are some of the best gigs that you, you've you played?
1: Yeah, I have to say this summer we did the Wacken Festival in Germany. And that has been on my bucket list since I was 15, since the day I picked up the guitar. And uh, to be able to finally play that was amazing. Um, it, was, it was just crazy. We were on that big stage. It was muddy and packed and people were just, you know, going crazy. Yeah, Lorraine stage diving and uh, just huge crowds. I think I don't know how many thousands of people, but a lot. Um, and, and that was really epic. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. And uh, and I love going overseas because, you know, p- p- people don't see you as often or you're not as accessible over there. And so they're really excited to see, you, you know, really great fans over there. And then right after that, we played a festival in um, Sweden, which was also awesome in this beautiful little town. Um, so, those are both two great back-to-back festivals that really stood out for me this summer.
2: Yeah, because Vixen has a pretty strong international fan base, right? It's not just the US. I mean, are you, do you do you have a big following in Japan as well?
1: Yeah, although you know what, we we haven't been there, so that's on the to-do list for sure. I'm I'm, I'm dying to get over there with the band because um, I know there's a lot of fans. We get a lot of messages from from people over there.
2: Oh, absolutely! Very cool. Yeah. Okay um then uh what's the flip side of that not necessarily like a bad gig but do you have any uh funny uh horror stories of the road or any 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 gigs gone wrong or anything like that that you can think of
1: yeah one scary gig that just comes to mind so we've got that uh live record live fire that we recorded in 20 you know it came out in 2018 i feel like we recorded it though in 2017 at the end of 2017, cause I had just kind of joined the band. And, and then I felt like we went right into recording this, this live record. And we did that at the Arcata theater in St. Charles, Illinois, one of my favorite venues, love that place, beautiful old theater. And, um, and we were playing with slaughter that night, but we were, we were going on first and they were going to record it for the, for the live record. And um, I remember the gear truck broke down and we were using the same back line as slaughter. And so it didn't show up on time for a sound check. And, you know, it was really frightening to do a, a live record without that. And I think I had some pedals that were there too. And so I didn't have my pedals. So oh I ended up using gosh. uh Jeff Lando's pedals. And uh the, the gear got there in the nick of time for the show to start, but there was no sound check, no nothing. And a couple of those songs I hadn't played live with the band. I think the first time I ever played Love is a killer was was at that show and uh and we ne- I, we didn't rehearse it. we didn't rehearse some live endings like extended live endings i think i think i had only been playing like 30 45 minute sets with the band and then this was you know the full album so um i remember you know h- how much love we did that extended outro and i didn't know how long to go i wasn't sure who was giving the cue and all these things so uh the fact that we didn't get a sound check to go over all that really freaked me out so i was very nervous for that um I mean, it all I think it worked out well in the end. I like that record. So um, everybody was happy with it. So it worked out. But that was that was pretty frightening.
2: Oh, um, man. That, yeah. yeah, that 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 is a strong live album. I listened to that earlier this year. I really enjoyed it. it but, it, you know, it, it brings uh, another Van Halen reference to my head. Uh, the phrase live without a net.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just just go. <laughs> yeah,
2: wow. Yeah. That's so cool. I'll have to give that a re-listen and, 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 and see, you know, how it sounds. But I'm sure it's great. so that's very fun um okay well let's talk about oh you know i initially wanted to have you on i saw that vixen has a new single out and there's news that there's gonna finally be a new vixen album next year right
1: i hope so i hope so um you know we've got ideas in the works um right now we're just kind of focusing on putting out singles uh, but we hope that eventually all those singles will come together and we'll release a full album
2: Okay, so let's talk about, uh, you know, the the single Red that you put together. Uh, is that something, you know, is that, uh, tell me about the collaborative process of uh, making the song itself. I mean, who writes it? And, you know, how do you all work together in the studio? Because this is going to be the, the first studio project that you're a part of.
1: Correct. Well, kind of. We uh, we did on that live fire record. We worked with Michael Wagner. We went in the studio. and We did record two studio tracks. We did an acoustic version of Edge of a Broken Heart, and then we did a song called You Ought to Know, which was actually an older song that Vixen had had back in the day, but it was never uh, you know officially recorded.
2: Oh, I, I didn't know that it was it was that was a you know from the archives. Okay, that's very cool. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, but yeah, this was cool. We worked with Fred Corey on this, and uh, this one though we weren't all together in the studio. Uh, we all went in separately um so you know Roxy's in Detroit and then um Lorraine is you know up in in Palm Springs and then uh Julia and I are are in la um, but we both went into the studio separately and uh just recorded our tracks so uh I actually I hope the next one we can all be together because it's it's a different vibe when you're all in there together but I think the energy was still captured really well on on red
2: oh yeah no there was a lot of energy on that track and it's a fun music video too So do you have other singles recorded or is that still a work in progress?
1: It's still a work in progress. Uh, we got a lot of ideas floating around. It's just, uh, you know, deciding which direction we want to go in, if we're going to do another ballad or, you know, uh, yeah, so in in the works.
2: OK, OK.
1: <laughs> well, that
2: you know, hey, uh, one new single is better, much better than no new singles. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's good news. OK. Well, what are some of the things you like about the studio that you don't necessarily get to enjoy on stage? Is there a difference, you know, as, as far as, uh, you know, working with the, the engineers in the studio and, and, and playing on stage? What are what are the dynamics that you like about the studio?
1: Well, I love being in the studio because of the freedom, the freedom to try anything, different sounds, different amps, different guitars, um, and just getting creative. I mean, the weirder things you can come up with, the cooler sometimes, you know, like, oh, I remember um, with Michael Wagner, he was like, oh, here's a razor blade. Why don't you make some noise with this and tap this on the pickups or do, you know, we were just playing with toys anything that we saw in the studio just for fun um and when you're not on a a big time crunch it's it's good that you can have that freedom to explore um but then you know with with the live stuff it's just like get ready and go um but you know i improv less live than i do in the studio because studio you can fix anything you want so um and you can try things over and over so uh I don't know. I I like them both, but obviously the live energy is more fun than sitting in the studio. Sometimes you just sit in a studio for hours and hours and then you leave and it's dark outside and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I was just sitting in one place for that long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, so, yeah, man, I don't know how record engineers do it. Just do that day in and day out. I couldn't do that. But uh, but I I really love the creative process uh, of being in the studio, but especially being in the studio with the full band all together, because that's really when the fun, the fun happens, magic happens
2: are you i have heard that you you know have set a goal that you want to record a solo album at some point um you know talk to me about songwriting is is songwriting gonna is your songwriting gonna be a part of the upcoming vixen releases are they collaborations or or do you have material prepped for some uh, a solo project
1: well i hope so um you know, I, yeah, I enjoy writing. I I've, I collaborated a lot with Lorraine because she lives close to me, you know, came up with some ideas with Julia. Um, and then I, I send, I'll record things randomly and send them back and forth to Roxy or she'll come up with a beat. And so we send a lot back and forth. So it's always pretty collaborative. One of my favorite things when we were all in a rehearsal space together once, um, Roxy said, you know, everybody just don't bring in any ideas that you had from the past. I'm going to play a beat and everybody just jump in. And I, I like doing stuff like that um, because it's really in the moment and and real and not uh, overthought, you know, because it's just whatever happens. And and then we kind of take it from there. So I like when we write stuff like that. Um, and uh, but yeah, I have some ideas that are not really Vixen that I would like to get out there. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope to. I know I've been saying it for a couple of years now, but I really hope I think this is the year that I'm definitely going to uh, put something new out. So I'm excited about that.
2: Oh, excellent. Excellent. I can't wait to hear that. And I like what you said, uh, overthought. I, I bet that's a challenge that a lot of recording artists, you know, kind of forget about, you know, is if it's they're dwelling on it for too long. But OK, well, let's talk about um, before we get out of here. You, you know the the show i saw this summer um you know w- was just so great uh and, and vixen is a band with a, a long history and a lot of great alumni through it uh but as we said earlier you know you joined in 2017 but you, you know you're the second uh, most tenured member um uh, roxy's the og then you lorraine joins in 2019 and, and julia joined just last year but you wouldn't guess it by seeing you guys play on stage because there's such great chemistry and the energy is up. Can you talk about specifically this group, the dynamic that this group has that makes uh you know touring so much fun for you and 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 playing together? Why why does this combination of Vixen work so well?
1: Yeah, well, Julie and I have been friends for a long time. I, I met her when I first moved to LA and we've worked on projects together in the past so we always had great chemistry um and then when i met lorraine i just felt like i had known her for forever she just we just clicked immediately and and really i mean we speak definitely every day all day every day pretty much um and and just and then roxy of course you know uh who i had known uh the longest um well i knew julia longer but you know but had been playing with roxy and this band just this lineup All the lineups have been amazing. I mean, uh, and I love Cher and Janet and um, still keep in touch with everybody. The beautiful thing about Vixen is we've always all gotten along, um, you know, ever from from, ever since I've been in the band, like as far as I know, you know, um, we all really enjoy each other, respect each other. And uh, yeah, and and, and like spending time and hearing about each other's lives and stuff. So it's not just like we're on stage. Let's get along and get through this. It's never like that. Right. Um, (laughs) In this particular lineup, like I said, I'm. Uh you know before it's been spread out like Cher lived in Florida, Janet was in Connecticut, Roxy was in Detroit, but now the three uh, at least three of us now are, are in LA, so we have a little bit more time to bond and and really gel together and get to know each other. And I think that comes across a lot on stage. And uh, and I love Lorraine's energy on stage, she's like our David Lee Roth. And uh, like I said, I don't think any guys even jumped out on stage at Vakken and crowd surfed, she's just a badass. And uh, the whole band is all badass, everybody's so good at their Instagram instruments and uh and so much fun and like, we truly have a love for each other so that's why it makes it so easy
2: yeah I, that that really shows through and that's what it makes it such a fun and i i can't wait to to see you all play again uh you know so congratulations on the new single uh i'm so encouraged and excited for the 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 new singles you're going to have later this year mostly because like you know since you've been in vixen like i said earlier primarily alive uh Act, but you know, there's a lot of us fans who are are really uh interested in hearing your creative uh input. We want to hear what what you can create instead of um you know playing parts that were written before. You know, this this leads to another question. Um, you know, because so much of Vixen's discography was recorded before you ever joined the band, you know, how do you thread that needle of playing the music that in in a way that's faithful to the records, but also making it a Brit lightning solo, you know, how how do you make established music your own?
1: Well, you know, I I learned early on, I'm never going to sound just like Jimi Hendrix. I'm never going to sound just like, you know, any of these great uh, people that I look up to. I'll never be Eddie Van Halen. Exactly. So uh, I learned to embrace my um, things that make me me. And, um, you know, you play to your strengths and 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 that's you know, all you can do. So I, am not going to play everything exactly like Janet. I definitely know the key hooks and phrases and things that I have to make sure that I I stick with so that it, it has the integrity that she, you know, put down initially. But, um, but I do make it my own if, if, if she does this lick legato, but I, I'm better at picking it. I'll pick it. You know, um, I just put my own techniques, my own natural way of playing, um, over it. And then, and then I do take liberties when we do improv sections to just kind of make it my own. Um, and I think, you know, I try to keep true, you know, a good tone. Um, but it's not exactly like, like Jan's, but, um, you know, so, and I play a different guitar than she did. So oh. there's all these, you know, very little nuance things that make things different. But I think as long as you get the main concept, uh, but adding your own embellishments, I think is cool because, um, You know, anybody can just listen to the record and have it sound just like that. That's why I love going to live shows, because, you know, I love when they don't play things just like the record. They add add elements to make it exciting and new for for longtime listeners.
2: Absolutely. That is exactly why I enjoy concerts myself. I go to you know dozens of concerts every year. And, you know, not not to say that I dislike artists that play it really safe and really close to the record, but it's always more fun when you see that. you know, artists being a little more original with, you know, familiar work. So I I appreciate, uh, you know, how you play uh, with that. Uh, Last thing before we get out of here, I saw that you are nominated for an award and you're going to be honored next year at the uh, She Rocks Awards uh, for your work with the, the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Is that right?
1: yeah thank you yeah i'm very excited about that that was unexpected but um that's going to be a really fun uh event at the nam show um in january january 25th and uh there's so many amazing artists that are going to be honored uh along with me so i'm i'm so grateful to be in the in the mix with all of them
2: congratulations um uh, is that part of is is that uh you due to uh your work over the 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 covid pandemic you know that had to do with uh You did like, can you talk a little bit about, you did like just a huge amount, I remember seeing this stuff on Facebook too. You were doing uh, uh, like Zoom sessions, you had these other rock stars coming in, you know, can you talk a little bit about uh, your work in that era? Because you are someone I think of who made the most out of a really challenging time for the whole music industry.
1: Oh, thanks. Well, yeah. So, you know, I had just started working with rock and roll fantasy camp in 2019 and uh, you know, I was a counselor at the camps, but then started working closely with David fish off the founder and uh, you know, working to plan new camps and come up with new ideas and take it to the next level. And then boom, COVID hit. And, uh, you know so it was like a weekend and once we saw that it wasn't really going away we we're like okay we got to think of something to keep this this brand alive and to keep keep us motivated and inspired and not lose hope and um so I started hosting these online masterclasses. I did almost 200. Um I was doing them a lot and and some of them we did multiple ones in a day and it was it, it was really fun. I I think I worked harder during COVID than, than I do now but um but it was a lot of work but it was fun and I got to say too I I ended up networking with more people meeting more people during COVID than I do in my daily life because you know, people were home; they were available, um, and they nobody nobody was busy; nobody had plans. I mean, we're all sitting around doing things, and so we started doing these uh, master classes where you know we'd just talk to artists, and um, I'd interview them a bit, and we'd have people come on and ask some questions. And it was so different than like a typical meet and greet or something um, where you just you know quickly take a picture and sign something and you're shuffled out. I mean, we were on online with these people for over an hour. Uh, it it was kind of just like sitting in the living room with them and talking real time live. Everything was live. Nothing was pre-recorded. And it was interesting to talk to these artists and get their take on on what was going on in the world. Um, I I mean, I remember Roger Daltrey saying, I don't know if I'll ever step on a stage again. I have no idea. You know, everything was so uncertain. And it was cool, too, because the artists weren't promoting a certain record or tour. It, It was just them being real and real talk. And we talked about everything, not just music, you know, like life stuff. And it was, it was just fascinating. And, um, David and I talked about releasing a a book, you know, with all, everything we learned, uh, from, from all the rock stars, uh, during COVID, um, just because we got so much great information, but we had, like I said, people from Roger Daltrey, Joe Elliott, um, we had managers like Shep Gordon. Um, we had Alice Cooper too. We had, uh, agents, uh, we had uh, Jason Flom, you know, president of uh, Lava Records. So we had all sorts of people come in and just share, um, share their their wisdom and uh, and give us all hope, uh, you know, of and and share ideas about how we, we were gonna get through it all. Absolutely, and that was a time
2: where, uh, especially musicians, needed some positivity because I know that was a really challenging time. I talked to a lot of touring musicians, uh, you know, over that stretch, and you know, some of them are really hurting, so uh yeah i love that that is so cool and i know that rock and roll fantasy camp is making a lot of uh, you know people's dreams come true and uh so cool to see that stuff so uh i just want to say thank you so much for your time it has been an absolute blast meeting you it was so much fun seeing uh vixen play this summer i can't wait to see you again and i can't wait to hear the new music that's coming in 2024 when when the album does drop i hope you'll come back and visit us again
1: Absolutely. I enjoyed talking to you. And uh, yes, can't wait to return back to Milwaukee. And uh, yeah, looking looking forward to all of it. 2024, it's going to be a good year for everybody.
2: All right. Hell yeah. One <laughs> last thing before we go. Uh, this is going to be released a couple weeks before Christmas. I don't know if you like Christmas music or not, but give us a great Christmas uh, song recommendation for the holidays. What's a good song for a Christmas playlist?
1: I mean, definitely Keith Richards, Run Run Rudolph
2: yeah (laughs) excellent okay alright well thanks Britt this has been a real joy Uh, you know best wishes to you for next year and have a great holiday
1: thank you same to you enjoyed talking with you
2: okay hey thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode please remember the big four things you can do to support this show that don't cost a dime number one listen to the show If you're hearing this now, that means you did this part already. Thank you. There is an infinite amount of content out there, so you choosing to spend some time listening to this show means a great deal to me. Number two. If you like what we did here, please recommend this show to family, friends, or anyone you know who's looking for a podcast, particularly about music. Share our links in Facebook groups, subreddits, and recommendation threads. Whatever you can do is highly appreciated number three find us on social media follow us on twitter at play that podcast like us on facebook at facebook.com slash play that podcast and subscribe to our youtube channel at youtube.com slash c slash play that rock and roll Lots of great material, like photos and vlogs, on all three platforms, as Play That Rock and Roll is very much meant to be a content hub as well as a podcast. And finally, the big ask. Number four, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I know this part is a hassle, but it really does help the show a great deal not just because it affects the algorithm, but also because it gives me something I can point to when pitching this show to potential guests. The more social media followers and positive ratings the show has, the better chance I have for booking high-profile guests for interviews. So if you take a moment to give us even just a five-star rating, you are actively giving us a tool to do bigger, better things here. But whatever the case, I appreciate any and all efforts you take to support us here, And Play That Rock and Roll. Be sure to join us next time for more great stories and music from the world of classic rock.
0: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football